Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Nickish. It is April 24th, 2022. You got your boy Mo here alongside Nafi and Faiz. With the Knicks obviously not in the NBA playoffs yet again, we're here today to talk about what we're seeing so far in the first round amongst the other teams. But before we get into that, just want to make a quick mention of our hoodies and hats, which you should grab today on nick-ish.com. We restocked on all sizes, and right now is the perfect weather in the East Coast to step out and rock a Nickish hoodie, so copy yours today. And now let's bring in our first co-host, Nafi. What's going on, brother? How you doing today? I don't like your tone, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't like your tone saying like the Knicks yet again missing the playoffs. What do you mean yet again? We was in it last yeah. year, bro. What are we talking about over here, bro? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> Not much to complain about aside from, you know, all these playoff teams having intense, you know, games and yeah. these fan bases, you know, being filled with passion and rooting for their guys while, you know, I'm trying to see which Met game IQ is at, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> doing all right. How you doing? I'm good, man. We we on the outside looking in again. I mean, you're right. We did make it last year, but we're, I think we're in familiar territory again, but it's all good this is for true. now. This is true. Very familiar. Uh, Faiz, how you doing, bro? What's going on? Uh, personally, I'm doing good. As a Knicks fan, like Nafi, not doing too good. And uh, I guess as an NBA fan, I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of this playoff, playoff, you know, first round. I feel like it's been the most entertaining first round we've seen in a while. So can't, can't complain when there's NBA basketball like every single night, you know. But can't complain when there's no Knicks there. So Yeah, true, true. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this first round has been awesome. I think, we're, you know, it looks a, it looks a lot more level. From previous years, it's kind of unexpected what's going to happen. Obviously, injuries are playing a part, but I'm enjoying it so far. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can discuss. And I think for the first one, I think we should talk about is the uh, the Jazz games. And uh, we'll start off with some Nick stuff because the, the headline was podcast. that. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll do a little bit of Nick's here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gossip. So what happened was that in that first Jazz game, we saw some Nick's uh, front office personnel. So... Fies, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what, what exactly happened there? Man, so we got to see the Knicks brass at the Dallas Jazz game for game one. Uh, we saw World Wide West and Allen Houston in the house, and we got a surprise. We saw Julius Randle in the house as well. So uh, they, they, I, I feel like they were there to scout Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson both, you know, do their due diligence. But uh, it was a surprise to see Julius Randle there. Uh, I, I don't know what scouting he's doing, but it's very possible he was just there uh, as a fan of the NBA. He does live in Dallas. His family's from Dallas. So um, it, it's very possible that's the situation. But I did want to ta- touch a little bit on the gossip part of it. Now if you wanted some gossip, some Nick gossip. That's what so, we're here um, for, bro. Come on, man. Give the people <laughs> what they know, want. I, I saw a theory that was basically saying that Allen Houston and um, Julius were uh, Allen Houston and Worldwide West had their own two seats, and Julius had a separate seat. So <laughs> it's possible they didn't know that they were supposed to be at the game with each other. Drama. Because later we saw Julius Randle and Worldwide West sit together, and Allen Houston sit separately. Now everyone's like, "Oh, what's going on with the seating, man?" 
There's no Knicks basketball. I need to hold on to every single little piece of Knicks information I can. So nah, it, bro. It's, it's interesting right now. Nah, nah. We, now we recklessly speculate. So how, why do you think that happened? I think Julius had invited Wes and Allen Houston to some brunch. They, they left him on red. They didn't even respond to his message. He's like, right, I guess we're not doing brunch. He went to the Dallas game. He's like, hey, wait. Is that Wes in Houston? You know what I mean? And Wes is just like, oh, fuck. Julius is here. Got to have him. For, bring him next to me. Sit, 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 sit next to us. The public needs to see we're on the same page. Bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the Julius is like, the whole time he's just bugging Wes. Yo, man, what, the, what happened to brunch? What are doing brunch? <laughs> Wes is just like, yo, shut up and just look happy for the cameras. That's my theory. What about you, Mo? Thoughts? I think I think that logic is sound. It makes mm-hmm. sense. And, uh, yeah, man, he's like, yo, Alan, head over there, man. Bring Julius over here and uh, don't make a hot boy. Yeah, like exactly. Just the one with your hot streets is watching. You know what I mean? Don't be suspicious. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, moving on from the Knicks goss, like the Jazz apparently were really upset that the Knicks brass were at the game scouting and they made a big deal out of it. Like, bro, focus on your series. Why are you right? worried about the Knicks? Like, right, yeah, first of all, was it yo, Danny Ainge was courtside at a fucking Knicks game. He that was a game when so like some random lady was shrieking. And at this point, I'm thinking that was Danny Ainge shrieking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, what 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 this franchise is even bitching about, bro? They just they're just mad because they know Donald Mitchell is you know not gonna be there for a minute. And you know what I mean? His the the girl that he has his eyes on showed up to his game to watch him show out. You know what I mean? So like, jazz. <laughs> Might want to dance with a different partner. You know what I mean? They're they're hey, they're the uh, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. They're the mediocre come, partner that Donovan is with right come now. Come problem with one girl, leave with another, you know? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just like spurring feelings on the Jazz's part. So what I say to that is fuck them. And you know what I mean? Like, we'll see what happens over the summer. That's my take on their feelings. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, for what it's worth, has not been playing his best. The last game was pretty good, but his you know defense has not been up there. Jalen Bruss has been killing it. That game itself, how, he dropped what like forty one points. Forty one points. Yeah, continues. I mean, shit, man. Props to Faiz. You know what? I might be going on to the uh, switch sides, bro. I don't know, man. I think Jalen Brunson will be looking very nice in a Nick uniform. I mean, I he was what he he had an impressive season, but what he's doing in the playoffs so far, especially without Luca. Elite shit, you know what I mean? Low not key, elite, but like amazing shit, low bro. Low-key, the team looked better a little bit without Luka. I'm, I'm not trying to say Luka's not nice, but I'm saying like Ewing theory on Luka might be might be a little prevalent right now because Luka comes in in the game and uh, that last possession where ja- the Jazz tied up the series, Luka, uh, he just didn't have the awareness on the court. He was bringing up the ball, Rusty, didn't know how much time. Yeah. yeah, he didn't know what time was left, and I feel like, Jalen Brunson was running that offense real nice. I even though I wanted to sign Jalen Brunson, I was still a little hesitant with with you guys in terms of you know if we have a player like IQ, why can't IQ develop exactly. into a player like Jalen Brunson? Mm. But seeing Jalen Brunson run the offense, it looked great. But again, another counterpoint: Jalen Brunson is doing that with another lead guard by his side in Spencer Dinwiddie. So it's 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 nice to see that part of it but the Knicks need to get another lead ball handler that would look good alongside Jalen I mean I think IQ IQ would be that guy yeah possibly yeah Yeah. and my thing is like uh, I'll hand it off to Mo but like my thing with this like what Jalen's doing is like it almost feels like he's answering some one of the main concerns people had about him he's like oh he had good numbers and he's showing out that's because he's playing alongside Luca Luca's out Jalen put on the load on himself pause and you know what I mean was cooking Utah in a playoff series. In the playoff, everybody says it's a different beast. Good defense, beast. too. Exactly. You know what I mean? People are saying, like, the playoffs is a different beast. He's shown on on both ends. 
and I don't know. I mean, I was one of the people that was just like, you know, is Jalen is J- bringing Jalen on worth losing Mitch and also like cutting IQ's opportunity and time. Now I'm like, you know what? We need talent, talent acquisition. Jalen fits a hole. It's almost like I'm looking at his like if if you know it's replacing Kemba. You know what I mean? So we're gonna redo this season with Jalen instead of Kemba. I'm with that. You know what I mean? Uh, I think as as far as talent, I think he'll he fits with RJ. Um, hopefully, my my one caveat though is if we if we for me to be 100 percent in on Jalen, you know what I mean? We need Julius out of here because those touches gotta be like spread out amongst the roster. It can't be Julius with Jalen. You know what I mean? I don't so. know if I I don't know if I'd go so far as to maybe being willing to sacrifice Mitch to get Jalen Brunson because the points that he's dropping, he's drop you know he's dropping a lot of points, but he's still taking over 20 shots, 25 in one game, 22 in another game. It's not like he's dishing out, you know, double-digit assists either. It's five assists in each game. So it's that facilitating game isn't quite there yet, and we do need a guy who's able to facilitate. What I see is a guy who's able to score the ball at will, but he's going to take a lot of shots away from everyone else, especially if we still have Randall, which it looks like we still might have him. And, you know, what Faiz mentioned earlier was gossip, but there's a chance that maybe they did just bring him along. Who knows? You know what I mean? But we have to assume that Randall is not going to be traded yeah. as much as My we thing, want no, that. My thing, though, is not to true. get bogged down in this topic as we got mm-hmm. a, a full list to get to. But just yeah. with that being said, I think, like, now I'm even thinking pipe dream lines. What if we could keep Mitch? You know, like, y'all seen his social media, like, activity. He's, like, posting him in, like, Knicks jerseys more often now or whatever or some shit like that. Like, I think he wants to stay. And I think the max we could offer was, like, four years, $58 million, which I think comes down to 14.5 mil from for Mitch. Can we I'm afford comfort- Brunson if we no, do that? For, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Let me, let me finish my thought. I think with that, Mitch, 14.5, I'm cool paying him that. You know what I mean? If we could keep him, my pipe dream is we sign and trade for Jalen. You know what I mean? Keep Mitch, sign and trade, up, you know what I mean? Consolidate our vets, Burks, Noel, and whatever, uh, Kemba for Jalen. Boom. Now we got Jalen and Mitch. I'm on that, that pipe dream that uh, Faiz and I initially were on months back. I think now... I think that or it's a pipe dream, but I think if that math if that math works out, like yo, know, shout out to Nick's Film School, Jeremy Cohen. If I don't want speed dial, I'd call him up and ask, yo, is this possible? Is this, can we do this? But that's my take, and just get Julius out the equation. That's my my whole takeaway on that. The the math might work out, but you're offering Nerlens Noel, who didn't play, Kemba Walker was out of the team pretty much, and Alec Burks, who's now, now let me see. Know. Now let me all right, redo the KP trade. Now I'm offering you Spencer Dinwiddie, who's ass in the locker room, hated in Washington, and Davis Bertans, who forgot how to shoot, a shooter that forgot how to shoot. You're telling me that's I could get uh, Perzingis for all that, and it happened, right? I'm trying to take you back to that time. Now it's like Mark Cuban could be like, all right, we see what the recipe is right now. Luca and mad role players. You know what I mean? So we take Jalen Brunson, we consolidate our vets. Dallas has, like, a few more role players and vets to, like, fill in around Luka. You know what I mean? So they turned KP into, into Dinwiddie and, uh, the you know, KP's clone. What's his name? Bertans. They're going to turn Jalen, hypothetically, into Kemba, Brooks, Noel. That's a net gain of five pieces for two that, you know, they couldn't afford to pay or, you know, where it would have been tricky to pay. You know what I mean? I'm thinking maybe it could be sold that way, and we could give them their pick back, the 2023 pick. You know what I mean? I think Cuban would be very interested in that, not just for the pick itself, but because if they get their 2023 pick back, that allows them to trade their other future picks. It, it frees them up. I think that would be very enticing for Mark Cuban and their new front office because, you know what I mean, they blew their load on KP. They kind of want to recoup assets from that mistake, and I feel like that could be it. 
But that's just my take. That's just me, obviously, from Nick's homer glasses. Faiz, be the tiebreaker right now. Go ahead. Thoughts on all I, that? I, I don't think Jalen Brunson's value is that high because remember, this is a sign and trade. Like this is like they're gonna either lose him for nothing or get whatever they can for him. And mm. like I, I'm assuming he's getting paid twenty million. Maybe this this playoff run gives him a little boost, like twenty two million. So I don't think we'd have to consolidate all three assets there with Kemba, Burks, and um, uh, Noel. But I, I could see a world where Mark Cuban sees Kemba Walker and thinks he could back up Luca. To like swap because you you obviously not as reliant on Kemba because you have Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Luca on your team. But yep. um, when there's a will, there's a way. If if we want to make the math work, we can make it work. Um, I think I, I would love to add Jalen Brunson to our team, but again, I think I'm I'm still a little hesitant just because um, Jalen Brunson would immediately become our starter for sure. I don't really see a world where. IQ takes on Fournier's starting role, so it would be Brunson and Fournier as the backcourt, which doesn't sound horrible, but what if we did something else where we traded Fournier's contract out? Not saying I want to lose Fournier, but hypothetical, move out Fournier for, for Brunson, and then we get to upgrade IQ to the starting shooting guard role, and then have Brunson and IQ play. But then, see, I'm hesitant because then we have a really undersized backcourt. Because Brunson's well, a good defender, is. but... I think if we get Jalen, then the Cam trade looks a lot better because what everybody says is with Jalen, well, not Jalen, when Cam and RJ are together, that length, pause, and, like, size on the wing is scary. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the kind of combo you want surrounding Jalen, right? It's the same idea that the Hawks had when they're building on Trey Young. We want long athletes around our small, undersized point guard. Jalen... RJ Cam with mm-hmm. hopefully Obi as a starting four and center to be named, hopefully Mitch. We get Julius at the equation. Then our bench is what? IQ, Rose, Evan, um, Grimes, and then fucking who, backup center, Jericho Sims. I like that mix a lot, especially if you take Julius at the equation. So all those touches are kind of like divvied up amongst our roster. That could be looking nice, bro. And, like, obviously Rose will probably have some injuries or even rest days. So even then we could you know, give Deuce those minutes. I think I think I might be on the Jalen train just because – and I don't even think we'll need Evan because I think Evan, the front office likes him. He's there. They're, you know, they got him. Uh, they signed him. And I think they're in the position where why would we give up on Evan, somebody we just signed last year, when we have Julius, who we didn't – this front office didn't bring in. You know what I mean? So that's my take. And I feel like – you're right. Maybe that might be too much. Like the names I mentioned, maybe it's just Kemba, Noel, and the 2023 pick. Just because I think Burks is liked by everybody in our organization. You know what I mean? I think they'll do whatever they can to keep Burks as a bench piece. And then Kemba, Noel, and our 2023 pick for Jalen. I don't think we're going to have to dip into the first round picks because usually with these signing trades, we've seen like second round picks being tossed around. That's like, true. I think the, the last first round pick, being... yeah, it was like the KD situation. Yeah. But I don't know. If we really want Brunson, I could see it happening. And I feel like. I don't want to lose all our assets for Brunson. But, you know, because, you know, moving to the other side of it and the same series, like Brunson's there. That's the more realistic dream. What about Donovan Mitchell on the other side? Like, you know, he's still. It's still a chance, right? Like, they're still... Yeah, I mean, shit. I just, like, the, my whole thing with Mitch is, and, like, I guess we could have it, like, because there's, there's been some talking back and forth, so there are definitely some Knicks fans that are adamant they don't want to get Mitch at all. I've Donald seen Mitchell. That on Knicks Twitter, yeah. And I'm I'm adamant that for if we're going to pursue Donald Mitchell, RJ cannot be in a deal. They could have anybody else but RJ, just because ideally you want to pair Mitchell with RJ, no matter what. But... If that's on the table, then yeah, obviously I, I prioritize Mitchell, but I also feel like Jalen will cost less assets in the long run, and I feel like 
if you get Julius out the equation, now you got a roster when you look at it up and down. These all they they fit RJ's game if the plan is to kind of see what RJ's got as that main creator. That's just my takeaway. Mo, you could be the tiebreaker here to be a fight. What's what's your take? <clears throat> tiebreaker between which two concepts? On 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 what exactly? Whether go after Mitchell or go after Brunson or, or what? Basically, yeah. Like, if we, because, like, uh, Faiz's point, I think, was just like, maybe, you know, we want to hold on to that 2023 Dallas pick for a possible Mitchell trade if that's there as an option this summer. Or I'm not thinking, even just Mitchell, by the way. Like, just any superstar. Right, right, right. Zion just like or... Superstar X. Like, would you keep that pick on, on Tuck for that deal? Because you also got to realize this pick has, like, an expiration date now just because this season's pretty much over. So that means mm-hmm. this. 2023 first round pick it's the countdown begins till next june you know what i mean we have until next june to trade it in a package for a star or in a moment in, in a kind of possible move like this for Jalen sign and trade so yeah i guess that's the concept right there like what's the tiebreaker here mo would you be willing to give up a 2023 dallas pick for Jalen brunson if all if, if 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 what else is in the deal is just you know kemba and noel like if, if that's um, the package if Donovan Mitchell is not an option, if that kind of package doesn't work for Donovan Mitchell, I'm down to give up that first pick and maybe even another first-round pick future Ooh, for Donovan Mitchell. Big spender. I mean, we're going to have to but, give up more than just two first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. No, nah, yeah, facts. Especially yeah, if RJ's so, on in the deal, we need to give up probably five, but at least if, three picks. If all it takes are three rotation players and a first-round pick for 2023 from da- for Dallas, I'd do it in a heartbeat for Jalen Brunson at that point. you got you got to pull the trigger at some point, and we can't keep hoarding all these first round picks that we have we have all of our picks for the next decade plus yeah. you know what i mean and we have all we have we have second round picks and then some so th- this is why we get them picked so we get these players that are capable of taking us to that next remember, level Dal- dallas is one of the only other first round picks we have like once dallas's first round picks is consolidated in whatever way it is we're just stuck with our picks that's yeah. fine because the 2023 pick 2023 is next year so we either draft with that pick next year for a team that's probably not going to be in the lottery, or hopefully, you know, we get Jalen Brunson. And with Luka Doncic on your team, it's fair to assume that you're not you're going to be in the playoffs, you know, every year that he's playing if he's healthy. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just hesitant to move the pick because Jalen, like the the only way Jalen Brunson stays on the Mavs is if they match the salary, which they just they're not in the position to match the salary for whatever situation it is so if it was more like he had some years on his contract or something i'd be much more willing to give up a first round pick but just seeing the way signing trades have been going with players like lonzo ball and whatnot i feel like a second round pick should should do the job is what yeah, I'm and i mean say. brack aller made sure we stock with those so yeah maybe that's exactly, all it is. exactly. So would you be would you be giving up on the trade if if you have to give up that first round pick that's really the question. Honestly, I, I feel like this is so weird because uh, when we started the pod, like when I came in with you guys, I was on the other side. like, Brunson, 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 <laughs> let's get Brunson in here. And now I'm like, yeah, I love Brunson, but watching his game and everything, I- I'm very hesitant to add him on and give up pieces for him if we're not having another lead guard with him. Because, again, yes, he's he's successful with Luka, but, yo, man, Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing out of his mind alongside Jalen Brunson. But so then the thing is, lead, like, isn't RJ that playmaker? Ball, that would be next to Brunson, though. Spencer I mean, Dinwiddie's a point guard, man. Luka Doncic is a point guard. Like, we don't have another point guard. IQ could be it, but remember. D-Rose. You know, D-Rose going to be bad. We're, we're losing length there. We're, we're very undersized. Where Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka, are, they can make up for the undersized Brunson, is what I'm trying to say. So, I'm, I'm sure. just, I'm a little hesitant. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, but, but now it sounds like, like you're you're more hesitant about actually trading for Brunson. I'm sensing that. I, I, I'm saying I'm not hesitant for. I, I feel like uh, there's a there's a you know trade cost. You know, like it, mm-hmm. I'm I'm more hesitant in giving up our first round pick for something that potentially couldn't work out. But it, it's again, this is because it's a sign and trade. Like we're basically pay, we're we're paying our assets to just sign Jalen Brunson because he's get, he can get signed by us anyway. But you get what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm hesitant to... Well, we don't have cap space this summer, though. So technically, we need to do a sign and trade to get Jalen. That's the thing. But then we could, we could move our... We could consolidate our assets in other ways to make the Jalen Brunson thing happen. So That's I true, just think but... A, I think a smart team would, instead of like putting all our chips on the table to acquire Jalen Brunson, we would, you know, navigate, do all the weird stuff to... That's a good point. That's Jalen a good point. Brunson but I want to just like pose this to you, though. If you can think of it, put on your, uh, pretend like you're Leon Rose, you put on his hat. Let's say, so we just seen how they value first-round picks because we just traded it. We just traded a first-round pick for the Charlotte first-round pick, that which we then traded with Knox for Cam Reddish. So our front office, when it comes to first-round picks that aren't necessarily ours, they don't seem hesitant on using them in a deal. And I know we only have the Cam trade as that one example, but look at that comparative value. There were still some people that were just like, yeah, it's an upside play, but I don't know about the first-round pick. We were generally, we liked it, right? Now it's like compared to the Jalen situation. Jalen's shown more than Cam. He's got the connections to not only Leon Rose, but CAA. His dad is tight with, 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 with Leon. And that 2023 Dallas pick is out worth more or less than a Charlotte first round pick. I think Dallas with Luca, as long as he's breathing and he has a Dallas jersey on, that they're always going to be in contention. So I think you got to figure all those factors to the point where this first round pick for Dallas, from Dallas, in a, in a possible situation to get Jalen, I don't think it's worth. It's it's really that much of a big asset. You know, it could be a good asset for a bigger trade. That's what but I'm saying. Yeah, I don't it, think I don't think it's a big asset either. By the way, I, I, I agree yeah, and no, I feel yeah. what you're saying, but it's also just like. Is it an asset where, like, you know, you know, remember the Family Guy shit where you just go, oh, you could get a boat or you get a mystery box. It could be anything in the mystery box. It could be a boat. You know what I mean, the old cliche thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're looking at Jalen Brunson, but then there's a box over here. This could, this could be better than Jalen Brunson. It could be Jalen Brunson in this box, but Jalen Brunson's looking at us right of here, course. just like, yo, just fucking make yeah. the trade. You know what I mean? And, so, and on the on the other, you know, to add on, you know, you're assuming that Jalen Brunson would need a player like Spencer Dinwiddie to be successful. He has R.J. Barrett on his side. He doesn't have to be – R.J. Barrett doesn't have to be a player like Spencer Dinwiddie for Jalen Brunson to be You see how the goalposts move too? It was just like Jalen needed Luka to be successful. Now it's Jalen needed Spencer Dinwiddie. Ah, you lose me there. You know what I mean? No, so it's I'm, not, like I'm, the not, goal sure, I'm not trying to say a specific player. I'm saying uh, a type of – a prototype type of guard, like mm. a lead ball handler who has length, who can make up for Jalen Brunson's undersizedness. And I'm saying R.J. plays more of a wing player than a point guard. So – that's I'm just true, saying, but we've seen Jalen successful in the situation with another point guard. That, that's, that's true, the point but I'm trying to make. I could argue that Jarjay's basically been a pseudo point guard since he's been on this role to close the season, and I'm also just going to rely on my belief in IQ. I think he is that point guard that you could play with Jalen together. They might not both, start they're together. They're very undersized. They're very yeah, undersized, but that's the thing. I don't think a backcourt of like two players were like six. Yeah, if we get Tibbs, we're not. And I mean, if we get uh, Bronson and we keep Tibbs, we're not going to start IQ. I think that's what we got to come to terms with that. That the franchise one is interested in Bronson, and two, if we do get Bronson, IQ is not going to start. And we want IQ to start. Obviously, he's our starting point guard. We all kind of have that mentality, but he's going to come off the bench, and I feel like that three guard rotation of of of, of Bronson. Uh, IQ and D Rose, it's going to be very potent 
and we have the wing depth and size to kind of cancel it out. We got 6'6 six, six RJ, 6'6 six, six Evan, 6'8 six, or 6'10, whatever, uh, depending on the day, Cam Reddish, you know what I mean? We, and we got Grimes, who also has, like, the combo guard experience from way back in college. He's a 3 and D guy now, but he's, what, 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, We've seen him capably defend the point of attack, defend point guards here and there. I think that's a versatile lineup in the crucial key to, like, optimizing those guys in all their roles is to get Julius out of there. That's my yeah. takeaway. I think that oh, is, yeah, yeah. I addresses the concerns there. you have. I, I, mean, think, but, I, think the, I think the only thing, the, the only disconnect here is like the hesitancy for the first round pick. Where yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you, mystery box. Like, I, But my thing is, I guess, like, um, it, it's because he's a sign-and-trade player. That's why I'm very hesitant, just seeing the deals that come. And I'm really hoping that we don't even come to a situation where, like, that's the deal breaker, the first mm. round pick. Because I also do think Dallas knows the value of like a sign and trade player. Like I don't think they're gonna be unrealistic. Like they, it's very possible also that we could add other players. Like you know, instead of just Brunson, if we add one of the other Dallas players because they have some pretty good Dwight players Powell. on their team. Yeah, like what if we throw in Julius? Like this, this could be a much more creative trade, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just like first round pick for Dalen Brunson, like that's what I'm hesitant on. That, that's I don't, what I'm trying to say. I don't want to dwell on this topic too much longer. I just want to throw out one last question. You guys just say an answer between these two. So, which player are you more comfortable with the Knicks targeting? Either Jalen Brunson or Donovan Mitchell? Nafi, just one name. Donovan Mitchell. I saw, and, and all things considered, as far as like the number of picks and. You know, yeah, I'm extra just, picks all things considered, that. I'm also considered how you phrase the question. Who am I more comfortable with than pursuing? I am more comfortable with Donald Mitchell. That does not necessarily mean I have discomfort with Jalen Brunson. Okay, that's fine. What about <laughs> you guys? Or preference? Who would you this, prefer this that they target? This is a tough question. This is a really tough question. I think if you're going to do preference, I'm going to say Donovan Mitchell too. Because uh, I know a lot. there's been a huge topic on this in, in uh, Nick's Twitter about Donovan Mitchell's defense versus what he brings on offense and whatnot. I'm still a huge believer in Donovan Mitchell because he's one of the top six players in terms of scoring in the playoffs, averaging like 29 points per game. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with Donovan. And I'm just a little hesitant just because there's a huge chance that Donovan doesn't end up leaving because there's been a huge Rudy Gobert, like uh, – upsell recently so maybe he brings up his value and gets you know some pieces in for donovan but between the two gotta go with donovan man there's so what much about you, Mo? what about you mo you can't be yeah, asking I, this question not answering yourself i mean it depends on the trade quick package. quick now you get one you're word right. you're, no, right. Nope, you're, nope. Right. you're quick, right you're quick. right you're right uh mitchell mitchell <laughs> the, upside, the upside with mitchell is just different we're like with yeah. brunson i feel like how much does he re- really raise the ceiling of the team as as opposed to like Mitchell, where he definitely like obviously we're gonna give up a lot for him, but he will still raise the ceiling of this team by a lot. Yeah. And when you add a player like Donovan Mitchell, there's stars who are looking. There's players like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's not a star necessarily, but obviously Spencer Dinwiddie sees Luca on this team and says, "Yo, I, I might want to stay. I might want to stick around." But I don't really see Jalen Brunson being that magnet, where like, yeah, mm-hmm. yo, Jalen Brunson's mm-hmm. on that team. I'm going to want to go sign with them. Where, like, you add Donovan Mitchell, all of a sudden maybe a player like JaVale McGee, you know, all those, like, low-tier Andre Drummond, for example. Like, we can get players on the veteran minimum contract and just fill holes and whatnot because we have a star player. Bring DeMarcus Cousins to New York. Some weird shit. Yo, Boogie Cousins New York? Yo, some weird shit. 18-year-old me would be hype. uh, Automatic title contender, Boogie Cousins in New York. We needed a goon. (laughs) Fuck it. Bring bring Boogie. But, uh, I, I mean... 
Definitely will be time and ample opportunity to talk Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. I feel like in the coming weeks, this is going to be a huge conversation because the pull in general, like the whole point guard situation, because Jalen Brunson and and Donovan Mitchell aren't the only answers here. Like just to tease what we could be talking about, Tyus Jones is in play, Malcolm Brogdon is in play, Colin Sexton is in play. So there's a lot of there's a lot to and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But we promised our listeners last week we do a little bit of playoff talk. So let's just move on to a series that's near and dear to my heart for the reason. And how it's how it's played out. We're talking about Boston versus the Nets, bro. And I want to get it out the way. Fuck Boston, but also fuck Brooklyn. That's been my motto since we started this little podcast. Y'all can refer back to last year when uh, Milwaukee, you know, put that final nail in Brooklyn's uh, coffin. And uh, Mo and myself kind of got on front of the mic and just celebrated because it was a joyous time. So I'm not going to do that celebration yet. It's still a series. It's still live. But, yeah, that's the series we're going to talk about right now, My, fellas. You, what, you guys trying to do the mellow shit? Go go all all black to the to Celtics game? You guys not yet. Not yet. Not yet, bro. <laughs> I, 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 at this point, let Boston take care, take, care of the, take care of their work. You know what I mean? They're that playing with their so food right sad. now. You know what I mean? It should be the three three zero should be a three zero sweep. Why Brooklyn, why Brooklyn got to get, get, get another chance to play? I don't get it. I don't. Fuck them. What's even but, funnier is that that. The funeral outfits that the Knicks wore was to the Celtics came to. So, mm. how the world works. And I feel dirty rooting for Boston anytime in any situation, but my it's for the Fuck greater Brooklyn. good. It's it's, it's like that the friend the, the 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 friend of my enemy is my friend basically. So, I right, fellas, get, have at it. What's uh, what do y'all takeaways from this Brooklyn uh, Celtics series so far? Um, anybody can take it first. Mo, I see the, you. You said the friend. You said the friend of your enemy is your friend. Yeah, the friend of my enemy is our friend. Is that not what the saying is? No, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Not for you, honestly. I, was like, I, I thought you. I thought you came it's up with some goddamn shit brain fog, bro. This is what you get, Mo. This is what this is what happens when you fucking get COVID a second you time. You, you, you infect us. You, you had me questioning. Us. Is the phrase "the friend of my enemy is my friend"? I'm like, fuck, is it really I, like? I, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I thought that. Honest. I thought that shit hit me again. It's a goddamn brain fog, bro. I blame you, Mo. I blame you. You brought this shit back into us. <laughs> But no, you you get my point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's this this has been a very interesting series to watch because from from game one for me it's always been fuck Boston, fuck the Nets. I don't want to say fuck Brooklyn because I fuck with Brooklyn like the city, but like fuck the Nets. Yeah, but we know the Nets. Don't the difference Brooklyn the difference between the Nets for me personally the difference is I I clarify and state the Nets because for me Boston I hate the whole city of Boston I, since a kid because for me Yankees versus Red Sox runs deep. I was I was a I was a fucking eight year old kid doing the middle finger at Pedro Martinez and you know David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez from Those way back when you know what i mean so that was that was me so for me it's always been fuck boston since day 1 and then it's been fuck you know the nets in the last like 10 years so or more so the last 5 years but nah man this this series has been crazy to see how far the Celtics have come in the last you know 6 months because at, at a point they were at the Knicks level and you know they were underperforming and the fact that they're at this point right now where they're one game away from sweeping the Brooklyn Nets, who a lot mm. of people consider to be the title contender, is insane. I, I would never have imagined it. Shout out to Jason Tatum. He's been, I, I want to say, a top five player in the NBA Easily. right now. Easily. 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 Or maybe even top six. <clears throat> but the fact that he's nah, playing at I this level. Top five, bro. Top five for sure. Marcus Smart, first defensive player of the year, long deserved. I, I would never, you'd never catch me giving shout outs to Boston Celtics players, but Marcus like Smart Marcus got Smart. that. I mean, he got that defensive player of the year. I would love to have that guy on our team. But, you know, them killing it against the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics killing against the Nets has been dope to watch. And, uh, you know, fuck, fuck the Knicks fans who are rooting for the Nets and going Better after the Spike games. Lee. Uh-oh. 
Uh oh, Mo calls out Spike Lee. Is that what I just I, heard? I, 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 I heard that too. If you will do let me it, throw it, it, I'll do it. Let me throw it a fight. Let me throw it a fight. If you, you won't you do it, it, I'll do it. I didn't say anything, but you the fight you said. I said, I said, man. What's up with Spike Lee coming out in the Brooklyn Dodgers jersey? Like, <laughs> just wear wear a KD jersey, bro. Why, like, you know, why are you hiding your colors at this point? Like, listen, I, I feel like I can talk about this because I went to high school in Brooklyn, three blocks away from Barclays Center the year that they came out, and. I, I'm gonna appreciate Mo for saying it's not fuck Brooklyn, it's fuck the Nets, because I do have love for Brooklyn. But I've always said fuck the Nets. When they were the New Jersey Nets, when they're the Brooklyn Nets, Facts. man, they'll, Facts. they will always be little brother. I will never forget that. Listen, okay? So, man, it, it's always been fuck the Celtics too. It's fuck Boston. But listen, with Brooklyn, with the Nets, I, I will never forget the victory laps they did before comp- accomplishing anything. They had several victory laps too, bro. Before mm-hmm. doing shit, before doing dog shit, they haven't done shit. And the reason that I will always stay on the bandwagon of fuck the Nets is because you'll never see a Knicks fan go over to the Celtics and be like, yeah, I should go root for them. Or, but yo, there's so many Knicks fans that I know that have jumped onto that bandwagon. I would never say that they were Knicks fans anymore, but holy on shit, the, man. on the Nets bandwagon or the Celtics? Yes, bandwagon? on the mm. Nets bandwagon. I don't know anyone who's ever jumped on the Celtics bandwagon, but I know multiple fans who still have Knicks in their bio, but a Kyrie Irving in a Nets jersey Twitter icon. Make that make sense to me. And what? then they want to jack, they want to jack, oh, Ramadan Kyrie. Bro, Jalen Brown's Muslim on the other side of the team. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Talk about it. Be, bro, just say you want to be a Nets fan. Like, it's not hard. Like, just jack it. Like, Spike Lee, Spike Lee really, really hurt me. Spike Lee I, really hurt me. I, I, I didn't expect Ramadan, the, the, the good word of Ramadan, to be weaponized against Brooklyn, but I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Fuck the Nets. But. Bro, like, listen, when I saw Spike Lee in the Dodgers jersey, I was like, okay, Jackie Robinson, you know, I, I feel the love, spread love, it's the Brooklyn way, whatever. Yo, he's doing fucking handstands and backflips with <laughs> Kyrie, bro. I don't want to see that. Get that yo, off my screen, bro. Yo, Spike, Spike Lee has had too many GOAT level films for me to stand by. I'm not going to defend him. I'm not going to be his meat shield, but I'm going to just, just kind of like throw him a bone. He is been a Knicks fan for a minute. I saw some people going far as to say that Spike's a casual Knicks fan. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, casual uh, NBA fan, maybe. Yeah, I said not a casual Knicks fan. And I put this out there, too. It was like a prominent voice on twitter that is predominantly white that was saying this so that in itself was problematic let's not call the born and bred brooklyn native that's seen uh clyde frazier win two rings a fake casual fan mr mr white man let's not do that but to that point i'm gonna just say spike's an og old head dicks fan bro and if you interact with them on on any kind of basis you know you come in contact with them they all hate boston more than any of us combined. That's real beef. You know what I mean? Like, even Clyde himself, anytime we play Boston, he's like, I fucking hate Boston. I hate the green. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just my little, little, little tiny, tiny bit of defense of Spike Lee. This man's a multi-millionaire. He probably has a law team ready to put out a press release to, you know, defend his Knicks fandom. But I just wanted to say, man, I'm not excusing it, but I understand. I get it. You know, he, he, there's a certain point where Spike just looked at himself because I can never, ever root for Boston in any context. And I almost respect that a little bit. You know, It's not cool to see him being you know, an unofficial cheerleader. Then. Stay home then, man. Yeah. That shit pissed yeah. me off. Court like I said, it wasn't a real full-blown defense. Seats, bro, doing fucking handstands and backflips, bro. Could have been worse. You could have been making out with Michael Rappaport when Kyrie oh, meets a game God. winner. Oh, Either way.
Fuck Michael Rappaport, by the way. Fake ass. Whole lot of Knicks fan. Whole lot of Knicks fans looking like Michael Rappaport on my timeline. That's all I'm gonna say. Dude looks like a thumb after you like you spent like an hour in the pool. Bro, they got their Carmelo Anthony jerseys tucked away in the attic. We bro. don't forget, bro. Fu- we don't forget. Yeah, fuck Michael Rapport. Dude looks like you know when you sit in the pool for like an hour and a half and like your thumb just get mad crinkly. crinkly ass. Yeah. yeah, that's Michael Rapport's <laughs> face. Fuck him. Hey, he could he could be the third twin. He could be the triplet for uh, Mark Berman and uh, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> 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 He's the ugly triplet. Uh, Tim's is the handsome one. <laughs> He's the one that Mark Berman looks at. Yo, you ugly as shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, back to basketball. I do want to say on some level. When it comes to Boston, I want to give them, and it feels dirty to say, it feels dirty just to like even talk lonely about either of these franchises at any point, but I want to give Boston credit because they almost had their own storyline season in where they look like a lotto team, they look like they were out of the playoffs, the Jalen and, uh, and J- Tatum mix was like being questioned as a duo by Boston people. Then they make some trades, and their trades were a very simple concept. Let's get rid of all our bad defenders and make sure we get a roster full of nothing but good defenders. So Derek White may be an underrated piece, and Definitely unknown to casuals, but he's a solid two-way point guard that literally filled in where he needed to. It got to a point where you look at their rotation now, Boston. They have no bad defenders, really. Al Horford had a re- revitalized season. Daniel Tice looks like a, exactly what he is, a solid defensive backup big man. Uh, Robert Williams is just coming back, and that kid was having an elite season. Like Not only as a rim protector and as far as like a weak side defender, but from what I've seen of him, he could pass a little bit too. Like We talk about Mitch needs to add something to his game. Robert Williams has that something. He has that passing element. And he's coming back and just, I want to give Boston that credit in that like they built from the ground up basically. They have two pieces that they invested in, drafted, and through the years they built playoff experience because they were in a winning environment. Boston never tanked with their top two or top three like wing players they're both number three overall picks they never tank with them similar to rj a three over number three overall wing prospect for us they never tank when they had them on the roster they always competed while developing and now it's paying off because now they're the ones that are the vets on their squad the stars on their squad in these battles you know what i mean And i want to give credit to just jalen and jason because they went up against goats you know what i mean they would they, they them getting sunned by lebron all those years was like a lesson for them they learned from and now they're son and kd and Kyrie. you know what i mean so i just want to give them credit especially jason and, T- and uh jalen you know what i mean um mo any thoughts on that oh, man. this feels disgusting to say but it does feel disgusting but so jesus disgusting, but that's you got to give credit what his credits do that's what makes you a real one <laughs> and you talking about jason and jalen and most of their team are guys that they drafted marcus smart i mean they brought daniel tice back after a couple of years and he spent most of his career there and it's, yep. it's a very short career so far they brought him back he's rejuvenated and um no nah, man you said it like, like yep, yep. exactly and they've had players come in and go they've had gordon hayward come and go they've had kyrie irving come in and go i it they had to let him go and they've been able to pivot it and now they're back to being a yeah. team that's that probably going to make the probably going to make the eastern conference finals and maybe even the nba finals yeah and i'll hate to say it but that that pivoting they did is a lesson for us knicks fans to like look at and observe because like you mentioned you mentioned gordon hayward mentioned kyrie it they had all these vet names that came in to help them compete in the moment while their young players are coming along, right? Kemba you know what I mean? As you well. know what I mean? Kemba as well. Now we ha- we have RJ in that situation. We had Julius there for a little bit being the quote-unquote vet. Obviously, he's not on the names we didn't mention for Boston, but RJ plays with a vet like that. You know what I mean? Evan, bringing these vets that help support your young players. Obviously, they're nowhere near the caliber of player, but kind of the same concept. So as a Knicks fan, I looked at that. I was like, okay, 
they brought in these vets to be the center of attention or get most of the touches until the young guys was ready to show out, and now they're showing out. And I think and, RJ is ready for his chance to show out. You know what I mean? And it's so top to bottom. Chime in with that. And it's top to bottom, too, because it was Danny Ainge before, and now it's Brad Stevens, who was a coach before, and now he's, as a first, you know, a very young GM is able to make the same kind of pivots that Danny Ainge was made. Yeah, was shout out to Udoka, too. Ime Udoka, first year head coach, too. black head mm-hmm. coach, and also showing what Tibbs doesn't show, adjusting and fitting his roster, fit, fitting to the roster strengths. You know what I mean? Fit, fitting a game plan around the roster strengths. And, yeah, shout out All to right, Udoka. Let's, let's move forward. I don't want to keep doing yeah, this anymore. Yeah, this is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now next series, uh, what are we talking about? We're talking, uh, we're talking about Minnesota now. <laughs> Pretty intense series so far. You got that? <laughs> I'm I'm just laughing because your cat is so zesty and spicy. I swear we'll get back bro, to basketball talk, I don't bro. Violate, but he's so flamboyant on the court, like. right? Like, <laughs> is he that on, on purpose, off, bro? Off, off the court too. He's, he's such guys, a goofy, you guys, bro. You guys saw that last night after they won? He was like talking, and then at, at a point he realized his voice was like really shrill. And he's like, "Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we gotta really take care of business. Like, we gotta." Uh, yeah, y'all know that like, rapper Smiley. That was on with Drake. You know what I mean? He had that yeah. crazy. He's yeah. like, "Bitch, come here!" <laughs> and somebody tweeted, "That's like <laughs> how cat calls were pick and roll." I swear, Whoa. I fainted. <laughs> cat legit thought he was Kobe in that post game, bro. Like he was literally like, "Yeah, job's not finished." Like, uh, we no. He literally word for word said, "You could tell I'm not happy right now, but you know, we gotta we gotta do this." Like, stop it. Come on, man. Like, That's because the day before he was just like, when they asked him, "How do you guys do?" with this uh, 20 point blown lead he's like oh you know just go home crack some wine you know what I mean <laughs> just decompress I was like bro you are not LeBron LeBron had to get three rings before you could walk to the stadium with a glass of wine you, know what I mean? you can't I, even mention wine cat until you get a ring I blame Pat Beverly for this Cat, <laughs> Cat was not saying any of this Jimmy Butler was sunning him game in game out during practice and he wasn't saying shit and now that Pat Beverly is here he's making Cat think he's that dog and now he's not and once Pat, Pat Beverly's going to be gone next season and, you know, we're going to be stuck. No, nah, I the think kid. they gave him an extension. They were just I like, yo. He'll be gone at some point. Cat's going to be stuck being a dude who's going to get, you know, shot on every I game think now. to be bolder. I know we were moving away from the playoff series itself, but I think Cat might be the one that's gone. Because, you know, Ant, Ant, Edwards, Ant-Man, I didn't fuck with his comments, his slander towards RJ last year. But that kid's the truth, bro. Like, he is a burgeoning so superstar. He is. He is. So I think he's, he's the oh centerpiece in Minnesota. What do you think, Faiz? He's one of those players who brings talent and athleticism together to, like, show something on the court. He's a great guy. And attitude, he's like, too. He's probably, like, the only reason I'm ruined against the Timberwolves because of the comments he made on RJ. I'm, <laughs> I'm still salty about that, salty enough to do this. But, man, that series is, like, probably one of the most interesting series in this and probably one of the most evened-out series. It's really weird to consider that. To the Minnesota as like the number one offense in the NBA was was like the in the playing tournament the seventh seed going up against the Tim uh, the the Grizzlies who were the second seed, it's insane man. But shout out to the Grizzlies for playing through John Morant's horrible game. Desmond Bain comes out last night, thirty points, goes toe to toe with Cat, eight three pointers. Like th- 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 that game last night was insane and. Low-key, the Grizzlies, I feel like, could have snuck away with the win, but that Minnesota offense is, is, is not a joke. It, it's not a joke at all. No, Facts. Yeah, go ahead, Mobo. Mo. No, I was going to say, you know, you, you mentioned that Cat might be out just because Anthony Edwards is killing it. I don't see why he would leave if Anthony Edwards is killing it. They're, they're on route to build something dope, especially in the West Coast. 
Or could, Western, Western Conference. Too. Yeah, got, it could. Gotta, I mean, it just could be a situation where Cat, like, you know what I mean? Um, actually, no. He he feels like uh, now that we've kind of had all these years, I feel like Cat seems like the perfect second option. So you know what? You're right. Edwards might be the piece, but I don't know. Let, maybe, maybe they want to just turn the turn the page on the the Cat chapter and let Ed, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards be the franchise player. Let know? Edwards be the one that talks shit. Cat just stay silent, and they're gonna kill it. Every I'm year apparently Cat's talking shit too now, bro, because of Pat <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. I blame Beverly for this shit. But nah, man, the, the Grizzlies have been killing it. Like that's another team outside of Boston that the Knicks need to look at to see how to properly build a franchise and how to properly build a team. I mean, Jaw did not have a good game, but where he's not dropping points, he's dropping dimes. And he's, I would he's say, you know boards. what? On that token. John needs to look at some RJ tape. He needs to watch RJ. He needs to see how that jump shot comes along because John needs to get himself That's a jumper, true. bro. That was been true. like people didn't want to kind of talk about it too much during the season, but he needs that jumper. And I, oh, I didn't like the disrespectful comparisons to Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose is a different beast in his MVP year. This I'd playoff series is showing John's it. a better comparison to Westbrook where like yep, he's yep. so reliant on his athleticism. So when he can't get to the paint like that it, and like he can't finish, it's it's a whole different game for him. But uh, I'm going to go with Mo too. Shout out to him for like still – I think he, what, he had like 17 dimes last night. Like, 15. He was crazy. 15. He was Almost from, a triple-double. He was two rebounds away from a triple-double. You know, still, still getting involved in the game. But, man, I, I think I, like the rest of the team, man, they, they're so impressive and like – People always say it's not a series until you have to make a huge adjustment in your game where you saw Steven Adams come out of the, the starting lineup. The, their coach, Taylor Jenkins, he, he adjusted and put Brandon Clark in. Man, that series has all the makings for something that's like easily the best series in the first round, I would say. I feel like everyone's much more focused on the Celtics net series because, you know, everyone wants to see the downfall of Brooklyn. <laughs> At least we do here. But <laughs> I feel like as like a as a basketball series, oh, my God, man, that, that Grizzlies – We'll you got to go to seven. You got to go to seven. Hopefully, hopefully. That's the only way. It may, yeah. It'll work. I always feel like people are just kind of overestimating, not overestimating, maybe underestimating Timberwolves just because it's fair. Nobody really watches Minnesota. Yeah, but same. I was just looking at, you know, as an observer, just like these are two young teams. I could see it going five or six, but it'll definitely, I would love it for, for it to go seven because that's definitely like two teams, two young teams that are kind of representing growth organically. Just going one up, like just mano mano. I fuck with it. Love it. Love the playoffs, no bro. What, now it has to go to six, but hopefully they can tie it up and get it to seven. It'll yeah. Be the only other series that's tied up like that right now is um is the Jazz Mavs. They're the only other series that's two two. Yeah, and another series I think is relevant. I think you know playoffs been long, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot to cover. We'll get to the Pelican Sun series hopefully next week. Um. Probably we'll find out who won that series next week. But wrap up a few series next week. Yeah, for sure. yeah, exactly. But you know, Warriors been looking killer. And with that being said, you know, let's let's talk about it. I mean, we have any finals predictions? Just given the current terrain of the playoffs right now, and I mean, I could lead it off. I think no matter what, I think just the way the Warriors are looking, especially Jordan Poole really coming out being like the third little splash bro. They're my pick to at least represent the West in the finals. You know what I mean? Pool party. I dig that. Yo, yo shout out Mark Jones. He was on one. Anytime I, I watch a, Mar- uh, a Warriors game and Mark Jones on commentary, he's like, yo, he, his time is impeccable. Jordan Poole, it's a big three. It's a pool party. Or like, he sees, this is the one that put Mark Jones in the Hall of Fame for me. He sees Ju- uh, Jordan Poole just running up and down the court. He's, like, he's got that spirit. Jor- Jordan Poole pulls up for a bomb from three. 
he's got that spirit. He hits the bomb, and he's like, and it's a spirit bomb. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Put this man in the Hall of Fame. He just dropped a spirit bomb reference. You know what I mean? Shout out Goku. You know what I mean? So that's my pick. To round it back, I think Warriors are going to represent the West. Who the what East represent? The East? You, you got uh, uh, Milwaukee. I'm still going to Milwaukee. I'm still going to Milwaukee. Well, it will be Warriors-Bucks. That's my uh, final predictions. What y'all think? I'm going to start with you, Faiz. And throw in some thoughts about the Warriors, too, if you want. Feel free. Uh, I think I think the Warriors definitely got the West on lock right now just because I think a team of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, that big three is just so, so crazy. And, like, Draymond, one of the most underrated players, I would say, and, like, underappreciated players where this guy, uh, whether it be passing, timely buckets, defensively, he just also makes the players around him so much better. I could have sworn Otto Love Porter Draymond. Jr. should have been outside of the NBA, but all of a sudden he's contributing. Poole, Jordan Poole, obviously you have to credit his offense, but him being positioned in the right place. Steve Kerr is a great coach. You know He knows how to like get these players to cut and, and position themselves real well. And Steph Curry, man, shout out to him for taking that role instead of being a baby and saying I want to be a starter, coming off the bench knowing that he's coming off the injury. So I think that the Warriors just have the – the uh, experience and the young talent. And they're doing all this without James Wiseman, uh, one of their their top picks Ooh. from that tanking <laughs> from that tanking season. So um, I also think like outside of that, like the West, I'm not really worried about anyone besides maybe the Suns and Booker just went out. So the Warriors look like the favorite there. And uh, on the Eastern side, I really want to go with the Bucks, and that that was my original pick. But with Chris Middleton going out, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I still think Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA, and there's no answer for him because the Giannis wall does not work anymore. Mm-mm. He's a Mm-mm. way better passer, way better free throw shooter, and a better jump shooter. So, you know, Giannis brings his own problems, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Celtics, man. They're just such a complete team right now from one to five, even down to the bench. And Imo Oduko is a really great coach. And on top of everything, I feel like the confidence you get from beating the Nets, like that's going to carry them through a lot because – if you can defensively scheme for KD and Kyrie, man, I think Ime is going to be able to scheme out of anything. And you've you got a top five player in Jason Tatum who could score at will. You're seeing, like, in the Nets-Celtics series, the Nets are scoring, but the Celtics aren't concerned even if they're getting buckets over them because they themselves will get timely buckets on the other side of the ball. So I feel like Celtics-Warriors is what we're gearing up for. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mo? How you feeling? Uh, I th- I'm pretty much in agreement. I mean, at this point, no one holds a candle to the Warriors right now. When you have a team that has a healthy Curry, Clay, Draymond, even Iguodala, if you really want to throw him in there, even though he's not really playing to it's that name point, I heard in years. Whoa, they're they're still on the same team, and that team with that with those guys, namely the first four with Draymond, that team Wiggins. is an NBA Finals team. You know what I mean? Like that that squad always makes the NBA Finals, and at this point, with with Phoenix and Booker probably being out for a little while and that hamstring injury doesn't go away he's gonna feel that for the next couple of months so even if he comes back it's, it's not looking too good and really denver would have been their main opponent of opponent but they're out basically after this series so i gotta give it to the warriors and i'm just looking at the playoff bracket if if boston wins and milwaukee wins their series they face off in the next round Toast. at that point at that point like so the eastern g- conference that momentum, right there. that momentum yeah. that you just said, I was I was looking it up just to see if you know how many series they'd have to hold it off for. That momentum would take them right to Milwaukee, and it's hard for me to say now that Milwaukee will would without will Middleton, beat, without Middleton would beat Boston with that with that momentum they're carrying from being the Nets. So 
as much as I hate to say it, I would I would have to say Boston too, man. I mean, Drew Holiday's playing great. I don't really great. like Philly much. Philly's not looking too good on the other side. So like, yeah. let's say, but who even Boston or Milwaukee, whoever comes out of that, I feel like they're gonna curb stomp Philly or the honestly they man. The Heat I was about to say no love for Heat culture. See, yeah, see, no. The, the, there will yeah. never be any love for Heat culture on this pod from Milwaukee <laughs> at least. But, but geez, like even if the Heat come out, she's that that's gonna be Celtics Heat would be a pretty interesting because they're both pretty complete on defense and offense. So that that'd be an interesting, yeah. interesting series. It's looking like Warrior Celtics for me. Well, I, okay, I have one like a little fun question. So let's say the Warriors make it to the finals and they win, and let's say Poole ends up winning the finals MVP. What does that do to you guys for Steph Curry's like legacy? Because that's another Finals MVP he doesn't get. Still well, no fi- Let's say, let's say that happens. How do you guys feel? It. I know, I know, I know. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But I, f- I would argue Steph's legacy has been cemented because of what's going on in Brooklyn. Of course, of course. No, well, like but to, no to, Finals MVPs. But I'm to elaborate that, I'm just though, <laughs> I'm just saying because at that point, you know what I mean. KD won two Finals MVP, and people were saying like, "Oh, he's really the reason." But anybody that had an acute basketball mind would say, "Yo." Cavs are centering their entire defense around stop and Steph. So, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, KD's yeah. going to get number one one-on-one opportunities to show up and do what he does. There was a picture that came out recently last night with, like, five defenders literally on Steph yep, and KD yep. out there. So, of course. Yeah, Steph I, is the one that... Steph I'm is the one that made gravity a, a term that even the most casual of basketball players or basketball fans use. And with that being said, what's going on in Brooklyn right now, KD's load is on him. This is what he wanted. He wanted Steve Nash to coach. He wanted just him and Kyrie. He wanted Harden. Harden's gone. Now he got, you know, what's his name? Seth Curry Seth. and fucking Drummond, whatever the fuck. So, and he's not he's not able to do anything. He's looking like, you know what I mean? Like, he, I think, still think he's one of the most deadliest scorers to ever fucking walk this earth, but... Against Boston, he's looked more than, you know, mortal. He's looked worse than Steph ever looked he's in the looked finals. He's looked like a, Katie and Kyrie have looked like system players. That's all I'm saying. That's say. what I mean. They both look what, like two. What have they done without LeBron and Steph? It, it just looks like, yeah, I saw this meme. It was just like Steph and uh, KD. It was a, a cartoon of Batman and Robin. And then the other image was like uh, KD and Kyrie. And it was just two Robins. Hmm. And yeah, that just might be what the series is right there. You know what I mean? Like they were they're just two Robins that thought they had their Batman and James Harden, and then he was just like, I can't carry y'all. The fuck? Bro, <laughs> he just did. Bro, if they're Robins, James Harden is Batgirl, bro. Like Oracle from the fucking computer. <laughs> fuck not it. I agree. I agree. Not but I think <laughs> I think Brooklyn was just like, yo, we're gonna have that big three. So like, you know what I mean? If KD or Kyrie don't, uh, you know, pick up the load, we got. Mr. MVP James Harden and James Harden's like I, I didn't come here for this. I came here for Bro, an James easier gig. Still can pass though. Still can pass. Still he can doesn't pass. really have that same James Harden burst anymore. But yo, Tyrese Maxey looks like point guard. He's making up for it. <laughs> yeah, he's making up for it. So yeah, yeah I mean, it, it wouldn't do anything to Steph's legacy if he doesn't win Finals MVP. To be honest, he got back to back MVPs. He got it would be his oh, fourth trip. Championships he had four trips. This, this, this yeah. would be his fourth. Yeah. If, he, if, if he, anything, I think it enhances his legacy as like, oh, he's the most uh, selfless leader and franchise player since exactly. Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? I think Julius should take a fucking note. You know what I mean? Steph Curry's coming off the bench for Jordan Poole. This man Julius won't come out the game for OB for five minutes when we can clearly see your dumbass is gassed and turning the ball over. I would D- just 
love to see NBA Twitter explode if Steph doesn't get a Finals MVP. Because obviously, any reasonable NBA conversation would be what we're talking about, Steph. But that's not NBA Twitter. Oh my god, man! The memes, NBA. Oh my god, man! LeBron better. Oh, like, oh my god, that would be. Say LeBron better while LeBron's out on his second serving of a Cancun buffet. <laughs> Fuck out of here, bro. You guys saw that LeBron tweet? He was like, I vowed to never miss the playoffs oh, ever he needs again. To, he needs you about to miss that, that shit next year, boss. You about to miss <laughs> that shit Y'all next remember year. when LeBron was seen as cool? Now he's basically everybody's Facebook dad on Twitter Yo, for some reason. I, I hope every GM in the league uh, like blackballs um the, the Lakers and doesn't trade Westbrook. So LeBron is stuck with Westbrook for another. I thought you were about to get even more dark. I was like, I hope every team in the league blackballs LeBron's son. I was like, oh, oh shit. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, I hope the Knicks pick up LeBron's son. Even though he's probably nah, that's true. That's true. Fuck it. Yeah. The, the agenda will continue to the next generation. We need LeBron <laughs> on the Knicks. <laughs> All right, Mo. Take us home. I think yeah. we've had too much fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Check out Omar's latest posts. Uh, there should be another post in the next couple of days, so look out for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our website. And uh, until next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.